welcome to the She Hit Refresh podcast, a podcast for women age 30 and up who want to break free from routine and start a life of travel. I'm Seppi and I'll be your host. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast is an extension of our online community. And in this season, we're sharing the stories of women in our community and their incredible journey. If you're not yet a member of She Hit Refresh, please come join us in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash She Hit Refresh. And just a reminder that we're less than four months away from our annual retreat. Yes, we're going back to Morocco in 2020 and we'll be there March 7th through 13th and would love to have you join us. Come join us for a magical week of exploration, introspection, and inspiration. We really distill the magic of our online community into this one week in Morocco where we connect like-minded women for a powerful week packed with inspirational discussions and workshops focused on tangible, real-world refresh strategies. If you're ready to hit refresh, but not sure how, this is the retreat for you to find clarity and get your game plan ready so that you can hit refresh. If you'd like more information, please visit our website at shehitrefresh.com forward slash retreats. All right, let's get started. In today's episode, I talked to Paige and Catherine, two women from the U.S. who picked up their lives and moved to the old country to Italy and Spain, where their families come from. First, we'll hear from Paige, an attorney from the U.S. who worked for over 20 years in the Miami area as an in-house counsel for large corporations such as ADT Security, Perry Ellis, and Bacardi. In 2015, she decided she had had enough of the corporate life, moved to her ancestral village in Italy, and started her own translation company. I'll also talk to Catherine, who left a great life in California. She's a mother of three who had a long-standing political career. After being married for over 20 years, she got divorced and became a single mom. Between work, being a single mother, and trying to keep everyone happy, the stress began to be too much and even began to affect her health. It was time for a change. She always had dreamed of someday retiring to Spain, the birthplace of her mother, and moved here last year. So get ready for two amazing stories here. First up, we have Paige, and please stick around for Catherine. All right. Hi, Paige. Thank you so much for joining me on the She Hit Refresh podcast today. Hi, Seppi. It's great to be here. Exciting to have you. You're a very active member of our She Hit Refresh online community. For our listeners who don't know about you, could you please let us know a little bit about where you're from, where you live, what you're doing, and of course, your age? Sure. Well, I'm Paige Digert, and currently I'm living in Italy. I'm originally from the state of Massachusetts. For the last mm, 20 years before moving to Italy, I lived in South Florida. I was and am a practicing attorney, but I've sort of shifted over to, I have a legal translation business, which is fully online. And that enables me to travel all the time, anytime and live anywhere in the world. So that's been really helpful in helping me with my refresh dream. And the reason I kind of decided to move was I was just really stressed out from the rat race. And It's sort of like the stars aligned, everything came together, and I was able to make this transition. 
Exciting. And we're going to get into all of that. I love that. So you left the US, live in Italy, now have an online business. We're going to get into all of that. That's fabulous. So can you tell us a little bit about your life pre-refresh? What were you doing? Were you happy in life? Were you seeking a change? What was going on before you left the US? Yes. Well, I, I felt very accomplished. I come from a background where my parents didn't even really finish high school properly. And I managed to graduate from high school and college and become a lawyer. It was a huge achievement for me. It was um, you know, very difficult to get there. I worked my way up in my career and I was general counsel for you know, some corporations and felt pretty good about what I was doing. But essentially, if I was honest with myself, uh, I wasn't really happy. I loved the work, but certain things about the setup, I didn't like, like the two and a half hours each way commute office politics, uh, just certain things that you have to deal with in a traditional work environment. It just wasn't for me. I always say I'm too sensitive to be a lawyer. I'm more of a liberal arts kind of person. And I just realized it wasn't a good fit and it wasn't for me. So something needed a change, but I really didn't know how to begin. And I was, like I said, I was commuting two and a half hours each way every day. I had very little energy left over for anything else. And some little voice in my head kept saying, there has to be more. And I've always loved to travel. I always managed to squeeze in a three or four week to Italy every year, plus a few cruises. So that's kind of where my heart really rested. Wow. And what kind of was the straw that broke the camel's back where you thought, okay, it's time. I'm hitting refresh. I can't do this anymore. Well, I had been doing translations kind of on the side. You know, a lot of times we needed translations in the companies I worked in. And sometimes it was just faster for me to do them myself because I read and wrote in Spanish and Italian good enough to do the translations, especially if it was a contract or something. So rather than wait for a translator and, you know, think about, is it good enough? I would just do it myself. And when I realized how much we pay these people, I thought, well, you know, I could make some money doing that. So I started doing it on the side as like extra money, vacation money. And one year I looked back and I said, Hey man, I earned like $15,000 last year doing that just without even trying to get clients. So if I tried really hard, I could do it for real and make a real living in my mind, I thought, this is like a backup plan. After being laid off a couple times from companies, finally, one of the startups I was working for right before a big trip to Italy, I knew it was coming because I was involved in the layoffs. I laid myself off essentially like four days before my vacation. So I started thinking about what was I going to do next. And I really didn't want to hit the pavement to find another corporate job with another huge commute again. And while I was on vacation in Italy, that year, I happened to decide finally to visit the village where my grandmother and her family were from. Um, I'd been to Italy many times, but it's in a very out-of-the-way place, so I never made the effort to come visit. And I thought, well, okay, finally, let's go. My friend actually said, we have to go to the old country this time. So we made plans. We went there for one day. Again, the stars aligned. I fell in love with the village. I accidentally met some cousins of mine. It was really exciting. They had met my grandmother when they were little children. I thought, okay, this is it. I have to go for it. I love this village. I could be so happy here. It's on Lago Maggiore in northern Italy and really close to Switzerland, the mountains. I'm looking at the mountains and the lake right now. And I thought, you know, I could really be happy here. I could do that translation thing. I could make it into a real business. And why don't I just go for it? I don't have children. Um, I do own a house and everything, but come on, Paige, you're a smart woman. You can figure it out. So that's where it started. And I thought, when I get home from this vacation, I'm going to make it happen. Wow, that is so magical. And what was your age at the time that you were, when all these ideas started happening? 
At that time, I was 47, I think, and I gave myself four months to make it happen. Oh my gosh. And why four months? What was that about? Well, um, it was December and springtime was coming. I mean, I was working, but I was only working like as a contractor. So it was completely boring, non-satisfying and just enough to pay bills. So I um, thought it would be really nice to take a transatlantic cruise for my migration, kind of in honor of the reverse of what my relatives did, but I'm sure it was much nicer. And also to, to go slowly and to be able to bring a lot of stuff with me, kind of do it that way. So I gave myself four months. I wanted to take a cruise in the spring, like a transatlantic cruise um, with a bunch of crap, not that much, two suitcases. But you know, for us, that's a lot. That's that's kind of how I chose that. And that gave me enough time to get my act together, figure everything out. Like I owned a house, I had pets, I had a car, I had to figure out health insurance, everything. Wow. And what about the citizenship? How were you legally able to move to Italy? Well, I'm still, you know, kind of in the back and forth period situation. So I haven't got citizenship. It's sometimes if you have family here, you can do it. But I've run into a few roadblocks. So I'm still, you know, going back and forth and renewing my visa. Got it. Yeah. It's a long game, right? To try to figure out. Give up. Yeah. You don't give up the logistics of residency, visa, citizenship. Yeah. Yeah. It's like there's different options. And I've got, I actually, I happen to have an immigration attorney helping me. And again, the stars aligned. I ran into him accidentally. Someone recommended him and he happens to be licensed in both Florida and Italy, which is very rare. And he's super nice, intelligent. So um, he's been able to help me a lot. And, you know, I trust him to take care of everything. Great, great. And so what did your friends and family think about this drastic change in life? Well, I think they saw it coming because I've been talking about how I wanted to live in Italy for years. Most of them said, it's about time. You've been saying you're going to do it for years, you know? But I always thought conventionally, like, okay, I'm going to save a bunch of money. I don't know. I had this idea that I needed, like, I don't know, $100,000 of extra money who has that to do it. So it was probably never going to happen to do it that way. And I thought, how am I going to leave a lawyer job to go do this? I thought maybe at retirement or something, you know, I had to kind of get forced into it. I had to be plopped into the little town that was beautiful and won my heart. And I had to be basically out of a job to make it happen. You know, the the gods and the angels and everything had to push me into it. And Mm -hmm. my family totally supports it. You know, my dad at the time was very um, kind of reliant on me. We both lived in Florida away from the rest of our family. And he was so wonderful and supportive. He said, I would never hold you back from this. And I think it's wonderful. And please go for it. How beautiful to have that kind of support. Mm -hmm. So you had a plan. You had the four-month plan to get to Italy. But when you moved there, did you have a a plan or were you just going with the flow and you were going to figure it out once you got there? What did you have in front of you when you got there? I had a project plan. In fact, when I got back from my vacation where I made my decision, I already had like Excel spreadsheets with questions and answers like, what about healthcare? What about the cats? What about the car? You know, how do you deal with taxes and different things that I've been researching for years? So I had a lot of the answers figured out. So I basically just had to find homes for the cats, which I found with friends. I rented out the house, which I still have rented out to the same people. They're fantastic. I've been really, really lucky. You know, I, I found a place to rent. What I did was I looked for like Airbnbs. It was kind of before Airbnb had really taken off, but I found one in the village and said, Hey, can I rent this house from you for the entire four months, three months or something? And the people and I made a deal and we did it. 
and I ended up staying with them for like the first year. And so that's how I found a place to live. Everything else just, you know, kind of figured it out as I went. Little things like, you know, what if you get sick? Where's the doctor? That sort of thing. Yeah. And did you know anybody there other than the, maybe the cousins of that knew your grandmother when they were little? Well, this is a very small village and I would say 90% of the village are my cousins. So <laughs> I'm super lucky. In fact, I live in this house right now. I'm sure some relative lived in it at some point, but the house very next to me, we actually share a wall, is the house my great-grandfather left to move to the States and family still lives there. Oh my gosh. Just taking that in full circle. Time. How cool yeah. is that? It's fantastic. And yeah, every, everybody in the in the village is a relative. So, you know, even though it's a very small village, I've been welcomed really with open arms like family and I honor that and I treasure it. Beautiful. So let's talk a little bit about transitioning to your translation company and how you started with a side hustle and turned that into a business. How did you build that? Well, at first I did it kind of as a side thing. And like I said, I paid for vacations with it. And then um, when I made the decision, I was like, okay, I got to find some new clients. And I basically had two clients and that's it. And I just said yes or no. When jobs came, I didn't go looking, you know, I started to hustle for clients and I basically Googled like, and I only went to agencies. I didn't try to get any direct clients or anything like that. And I was just working as an individual freelancer for agencies. And then I went this, up until even after I moved to Italy, I was still doing that. But things were going well. I had a couple of clients that gave me really steady work and you know, it was enough. So then I found Tess Witty, W-H-I-T-T-Y, and she had a podcast and she helped me to develop my business. There's also another person. Her name is Janae Spry. It's like Renee, but it's Janae. And she has a website and she also helped me. I hired her as a coach really, really, really helped me develop my business. And they gave me tips on how to uh, niche down and how to kind of build my business instead of just being someone who works for agencies to specialize, which was actually super easy for me because all I had to do was go after my former colleagues for clients. And having been a lawyer for so long and having been high up in the company and some well-known companies, it was kind of easy for me to kind of have instant street cred among lawyers. And also I found my, what do they call it? Your unique selling point. It was um, all of the people that I have working for me are also lawyers. So it's kind of an instant trust factor that other, that other lawyers want to hire you to do their translations because they're like, okay, they think like we do. They know, they get it. You know, they don't want to hire non-lawyers to do their translations. That makes so, sense. Yeah. yeah, you have to find a niche or a unique selling point. And it just came to me while I was listening to one of Tess Whitty's podcasts and it was terrific. So I thought, okay, I could do this. And I put the company together. And after a couple of years, it's, it's going really well. Incredible. Congratulations on that. So you're fully remote then, is that right? Oh, yes. And to be honest, I still practice law a little bit. I have a few select clients who have really nifty projects. And if they call me up, I'll do some work for them. But I don't, it's not the, the stressful experience it used to be. Great. And so in the village, do you spend most of the year there? Is that your home base now? Are you there forever? Or do you still spend time in the US? And are you thinking of ever going back? I still spend time in the US, but only because I have to and only to visit family and friends. You know, I prefer Italy. Um, I prefer the lifestyle. I prefer the simplicity, the wonderful, healthy food, just the relaxed atmosphere, the lack of guns. Um, you know, I'm not saying it's perfect. Every country has its positives and negatives, but 
Um, I really, really prefer the lifestyle here. It's really, really comfortable for me and healthy. Yes, I get it. I love living in Madrid for many of those reasons. So, okay. So living abroad is exhilarating. And I love to ask this question because, you know, many people may see us that we're living our dream um, and it is exciting and we really want to pinch ourselves most of the time, but not every day is amazing. There are days where it's hard, where it's frustrating, where things don't go right. Can you tell us about some of the not so fun times of being in Italy? If you've had any doubts about your decision and how you deal with the days that aren't so great? Well, I haven't had any doubts about it, but a couple times that have been difficult is when something bad happens at home, like the Orlando shooting was the very first really bad thing that happened when I lived here. But I have to tell you that the people in the village were super supportive and nice. And it might sound kind of silly, but I I felt so helpless. There was also a, a soccer game that night at the local pub. So I took a little, I made a little poster and like Orlando strong with rainbow and everybody in the pub signed it and it just made me feel so much better. So that was helpful. Then also a couple of years ago, my older sister, while I was here, it was about seven days before I was due to return to the US and my older sister had a stroke and it was really unexpected. She's still in her fifties and she's fine, but you know, we really didn't know what to do. And I was trying to change my flight and it was nearly impossible. I was just in a panic for so many days and my family was like, just wait, just wait till she gets home. And that was tough. Or I've received a few calls at weird times of the day. And I'm thinking, oh my God, dad, dad, because my dad is elderly and very ill. So, you know, you get like a dry throat and you can't call anyone back and you're like, oh my God, you know, what's happening? Those moments can be tough, but you have to remind yourself, like, I'm not a doctor. I can't do anything, even if I'm there. I'm sure, you know, you've had your scares. Everybody does. And then they, and then you get the call and you're like, oh, we just wanted to know, you know, who's that guy you used to do your flooring? <laughs> I know exactly. I know when anybody calls me and doesn't text afterwards, I'm like, you need to text me. I'm not sure what you're calling about. You scared me. <laughs> right. Follow it up with some information. So I would love to hear how Hitting Refresh has changed you and what you've learned about yourself through this journey. Well, I think it was the right choice for me and it's made me feel younger, more vibrant, more relaxed, uh, more sure of myself. It was the best decision I could possibly have made. I mean, don't get me wrong also, well, it was probably the second best decision. The best one was to go to law school and have a great career and to feel the accomplishment and, and gain the knowledge I did in that experience. But, you know, it was a big change and it was a little bit weird. And I remember when I was, uh, I reached the the Rome train station heading for Milan after I finally arrived in Italy. And I had this weird thought. I stopped and it's like the world stopped and the train station's really noisy, but it seemed like it was quiet. Everything's moving around me, but I'm standing still. And I thought, good Lord, what have I done? Oh my God. Why did I rent out the house and, and I, you know, leave my job and everything. And then I thought, ah, oh, well, you don't like it. You can always go back. I really, really liked it. So It was the right decision. And the ways in which it changed me was um, it made me sure of my own judgment, which even at this age, which I'm now 51, you know, until recent years, I I thought, oh, you know, I'm not a mom. I I don't have good instincts. And yeah, I do, actually. You know, I've done well for myself and I I make good decisions. And I think it's it's let me know that um, I know who I am and I make good decisions. You know, I think more people, especially us women, should trust ourselves more. We should dare to dream things more. We shouldn't say, oh, that's for other people. 
Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Exactly. That's what I love about travel um, and especially hitting refresh and changing our lives drastically. It's such a confidence builder because we're able to carry through with whatever dream we had and we can look back and say, oh my gosh, I did that. I did it on my own. You can always go back to your old life. Exactly. That's what I tell people. Like, yeah, what are you afraid of? Like, if it doesn't work out or it's not what you thought, you can always go back, but just give it a try. You could say I tried it. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. I love that. Well, Paige, if anybody wants to learn more about you, is interested in translation services, or just wants to connect, where can they find you? Oh gosh, I'm all over the place. Um, My company is Online Legal Translations, and you'll find that everywhere, Twitter and all over the place, or they can just look for me on Facebook personally. Um, Of course, I'm in your group. Feel free to connect with me there. Um, She hit refresh. And also um, just Paige Digert on Facebook and feel free to reach out to me. I'd, I'd love to hear from anybody. Perfect. And I'll add all the links in our show notes for anybody. And I'm also going to add, Paige wrote a wonderful guest post for us on our website about moving abroad and what to do with your home. As she said, she's renting hers out back home. So it's a great resource for anybody who is moving abroad and not sure what to do with their home or apartment. Lots of information there. To be honest, that was probably the biggest hurdle, you know, the financially the biggest, most nerve wracking thing. I'm glad to share that. Thank you for that. And thank you so much, Paige. Thank you for sharing your story with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been great. I appreciate being on the show. It's such a great group that you have and you've done so much for women. I appreciate it. Thank you for being a part of it. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed Paige's story. And next up, we have Catherine. Catherine, thank you so much for joining me on the She Hit Refresh podcast. Absolutely. Hello. So excited to have you on. Catherine is a friend of mine, another friend of mine here in Madrid. Uh, For those out there listening, Catherine, can you please let them know where you're from? Well, where you live now is Madrid. We know that. Um, Your age and what you do. Well, hey, I am originally from California. That's almost a trick question. I was born in, in Lake and Heath in West Suffolk County in the UK. And then I proceeded to live my whole life, most of my life in California. And now now I live in Madrid, Spain. I am currently looking for work, but you'll hear a little bit more about that in the podcast. Amazing. And since age is something we are open about, what is your age? Oh, yes. I am 50 and proud of it. I love this age. I love it. Yes, I was at your 50th birthday party. So I am a big believer in celebrating our birthdays because not everybody gets them. So uh, congratulations on making it to level 50. That is a huge accomplishment. Thank Um, you. And like you said, we're going to dive into some of your story. I'm already, uh, my interest has peaked from being born in the UK. Ooh, okay. So we'll hear more (laughs) about that. Um, So let's talk about your life pre-Spain. If you could kind of paint a picture for our audience of the life you had in the US. Absolutely. Well, I had basically that picture perfect life. I had these three amazing, incredibly amazing children, was married to, um, a man for 20 years, we, we had what looked like the perfect life. I, my field was legislative policy and politics. So I've done everything from working the legislature to being a lobbyist and side note, not all us lobbyists are bad and to having my own political consulting firm. My last job was working in legislative health care policy on behalf of the governor. And after my divorce, I became a single mom, but with that comes a lot of challenges and a lot of rewards. And so I had a wonderful life, incredible family and friends supporting me and life was good. Amazing. And how many kids do you have? 
I have three kids. They are currently, well, my daughter's about to turn 17. I have a 20-year-old as well as a 25-year-old. Great. All right. Okay. So can you let us know, because I know you're not in the, in the U.S. anymore, what was going on in your life at the time that you finally decided it's time to hit refresh? Well, there were a lot of things going on in my life. I really started to feel desperate for a change. I, At the time, I was starting to think about it. I had full custody of my middle son and was and he was about to go off to college and he was leaving me. And, and I got to say, I couldn't be prouder of him. I'm really glad that he did because this was a great opportunity for him. He got into his dream college. He's an amazing kid. But as I often joked, I really needed to do something quickly because I just had this vision of myself crying in his bedroom every night because he left and went off to college and left me. And in fact, it meant a lot of late nights of not even leaving the office because it's like, wow, I don't want to go home to that empty house. The other life change that affected my decision was my health. I have known I've had a heart condition for many years and doing one of my regular visits with my cardiologist, he directly told me that if I continued to live my life the way it was, I was just working too much, not sleeping, not slowing down, not taking care of myself, not taking time for myself. He said I would only make it another five years and he was serious. And that was very life-changing for me. And then to add to this, um, again, the stress of work, I actually passed out at the office and spent some time in the emergency room. The doctors found that I had elevated white blood cells, and that could mean a number of things. And three out of four of my doctors told me, and you know, it sounds like I'm saying doing a commercial, but they told me that it was some form of leukemia. And I went under the regular care of an oncologist and, you know, a process to figure out, well, what exactly was wrong with me? But everything was kind of uncertain. You know, they're like, well, it looks like it could be chronic leukemia, but we're not sure yet. And then one doctor looks at me and says, you know, often in our life, stress causes um, results to look very different and, and make it look like you have things you may not have. And it may not be leukemia. And the doc this doctor suggested it could be the stress in my life. So <laughs> those were definitely motivators to tell me it's time to make a change. Wow. Thank you for sharing. Yes. Stress. Oh, we have to be very gentle with ourselves. And really, really, as we get older, stress is a big killer, especially as the older we get. Stress is related to heart attacks, to strokes. Um, and like you said, can cause weird outcomes in, in our test results, meaning that it has a direct link on what's going on in our body. So I'm Absolutely. so glad that you really like took a moment to stand back and really take that in and, and make a change. And I want to go to something that you had said earlier before uh, we started this recording that sure. um, you had talked about, you know, when all of these things were going on in your life, you said that you no longer saw yourself in the life that you had created. You felt like you were living someone else's life. Uh, do you mind expanding on that? Yes, exactly. I created what I thought was the perfect life. We looked like the ideal family portrait, you know, a beautiful family, active in the community, don't get me wrong, this was all very genuine. However, somewhere in the mix, I did not see myself in any of it. I often wondered what my life might look like if I wasn't living for everyone else, but instead focused on my needs. And further, I had to look at what my kids would see in me if I continued to live for others and not for myself. And I know you had also mentioned to me that there was a death of a very close family member that really impacted you. And I know from personal experience as well, that death of a close loved one can be a huge wake up call and really lead yeah. us to profoundly experiencing our mortality in a way we couldn't have before. And it can get us to act. Um, if you don't mind, could you share with us how, you know, the experience that you went through and how that impacted you? 
Absolutely. This was the death of a cousin and her death came at a very poignant time. Our family, you know, watched as someone we all love very deeply fought her battle with cancer and she lost that battle. And, and it, it was just kind of shocking for all of us. Uh, she had these two beautiful children, a husband who just adored her and, and she was so lovely. And, you know, it, it really made us all look at, we all think we have forever to live our dreams. So many of us are saying, you know, to our dreams someday, one of these days when I retire. And this was an example of, wow, she never got her chance. Um, her death was also very significant because her funeral was the last event that we attended as a family because we were starting the process of our divorce. It was a very emotional experience on so many levels. Yeah. And um, I can't remember if you mentioned, but I know you had let me know that she was only 40 when she passed. So she, was, she just celebrated her 40th birthday. So just like a few days before. So yeah, it, it just, she was so young. It, it was, that's part of what made it so shocking. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you for sharing. Uh, but that really does put in perspective uh, the time that we have here. And also as tried it, it, as it is, you know, tomorrow's not guaranteed. Exactly. We don't know if we have it. Um, that's why I'm so big on celebrating these birthdays, y'all. Yes. Not everyone is fortunate enough to reach the next level. So I want to shift focus because everything that was going on in your life led you to Spain. And I'd love to hear about when you came here and if we could talk a little bit about if you had been here before and what your relationship with Spain is. Oh, yeah. Spain has always been in my heart. I, I'm half Spanish. My mother's a Spaniard. My father was Mexican. But my mother is a Spaniard born in La Latina, which is a district right here, very close to where I live now here in Madrid. And our family was affected by the Spanish Civil War. And my mother had to leave Madrid and then Spain at a very young age. So a part of my passion is that I've always wanted to return home for my mom. I've always had this very romantic vision of Spain, always wanted to make it my home. And I used to free visit frequently. Um, first to see my grandmother while she was still alive, but then I've had trips here many times to visit friends that I've created along the way, and then to plan my move, and that took quite a few visits in its own right, um, but I, I always knew that this is where I wanted to be. I always knew that this would be a permanent move for me, and I'm happy to say that, yes, I feel like I'm finally home. I love it. So when you yeah. moved here, you moved here, what year was that? Just last year, 2018. Just last year, it feels like. Yeah. Wow. I know. Yes. And I, I love it that we, I got to meet you on one of your kind of recon trips when you came out before you made exactly. it. Exactly. And exactly. I was super excited that you made the leap, like you took action on it and made it happen. Yeah. So then when you moved here last year, you knew it was going to be a permanent move. Yes, I did. Amazing. I'm home. <laughs> You're home. <laughs> That's wonderful. And how did you prepare for this big move? For anyone out there that's interested in uprooting their life, what are some of the things you did to make sure you kind of ticked all the boxes before you moved abroad? Uh, I, think, I think a lot of these things are swimming around a lot about how, how to do this. Considerable preparation goes into preparing for such a big move. What I needed to do for myself was really downsize. Um, I, I tend to have, I tend to have been a person who had a lot of stuff. And so I really had to follow actually a lot of blogs and, and information about minimalism and how to really let go. And again, you know, this is a very hard thing to do after going through a divorce, they're moving away. 
and starting their lives. It's like, how do you start to get rid of things? And I downsized a very large home, family home, into five suitcases. And that took a lot of work in itself. So I think that's the, the point I want to touch on the most. I, I had some savings. That was very helpful. I, I have, I'm that person who would, would really save a lot for both my travels and for this effort. And then also, I had to go through the process of getting my Spanish citizenship. It's an excellent cheat that I have having made this move that having a Spanish mother, I was able to apply for Spanish citizenship. And after about three years, I was able to obtain that. So those were my steps. Wow. Yes. Oh, congrats on getting Spanish citizenship. And that is, uh, yeah, I love the point that you brought up of shedding material things and how that can take a long time, you know, exhausting physically, mentally, as you said, um, you know, it's hard to let things go. We have so many memories wrapped up in that, especially if you've lived in a house for a long time, you have memories in all the little things that you own and it can be hard to to let them go. So it's a process. Exactly. Takes, takes time. How did your friends and family feel about you leaving California for Spain and at the age of 49? I, I had a lot of mixed reviews. I had some friends that were actually really nervous for me. And one of my girlfriends, you know, we're having lunch and she, she holds my hands over the table and she says, I'm so afraid for you. And I said, it's okay. I'll be fine, but this is good. You can worry for me. So I don't have to. Um, my mom and my sisters were very excited for me with my children. It was very mixed. My oldest son was preparing for medical school and he's now in medical school. So he was worried about what he had on his own plate. My middle son, not so happy. He did not think this whole time that I would actually go through with it. Mind you, I'm planning this move for five years, and he was not convinced. So when I bought that one-way ticket, he tells me, I think you're being rash. I think you're going through a midlife crisis, and you need to rethink your decisions. And, and so that was a bit of a giggle for me, and that's my 20-year-old. And I'm very proud to say he's going to UC Irvine, and he's doing phenomenally. Um, as for my daughter, since she's still in high school, this was a bit more tricky. We did talk at length about the move and the timing of the move. And she continued to encourage me to basically move sooner than later because she really wanted me to set up our family home, get the apartment, get the job so that as soon as she's done with high school, she can jump in. She wants to live with me when she completes high school. But my favorite comment of hers is, mama, for me, life is going rather slowly. For you, it's passing by really fast. You need to do this now. <laughs> and so she's, she's wise beyond her year. These were the responses I got. And so I, I did get a lot of input from friends and family, but mostly positive and, and all of them full of love. Oh, I love that about your daughter. That's so cute that she <laughs> had the wisdom to know that this is what you needed to do and that she was fully supporting you in, in your dream. Congrats. How did you, you feel about it? How did you feel about this big change? I feel like a kid. I could not have been happier about making this decision for myself. This has been all about me. This decision is purely for me. And it's wildly indulgent and selfish, but it's all in a good, positive way. I wake up every morning happier than I've ever been in my life. And this is the person that I want my children to see me as. Oh, yeah. That's great. We, I actually had um, another refresher who is a mother who um, divorced and went to travel the world and she said the same thing as just that childlike joy of the first time 
doing everything for her, for yeah. even like traveling by herself. She didn't have to worry about, you know, compromising with anyone's schedule and she could wake up alone and not have to take care of anybody that it was the first time in her life that she really got that experience. And it was just beautiful to hear somebody mm-hmm. really taking the time to care about themselves, put themselves first, especially moms. As we know, you guys are givers. Exactly. I want to talk about your career because this is a concern that a lot of women have when they're hitting refresh. You had a very vibrant and long career in the U.S. and jobs don't always translate the same way abroad. Were you concerned about your career and the move here to Spain? Well, absolutely. But going back to a previous question, one of the things that left me feeling like I was not living the life I wanted was my career. I got in politics um, actually at a very young age. I was that crazy kid on, on the high school campus, you know, having some kind of petition for this or calling the media for that and the principal calling me into his office, you know, is there going to be a media van coming today? Um, I was always that activist because I always saw it as a way to help others. I always wanted to be the voice for the voiceless. And I always want to do something of significance with my work. While I was doing very important work in my career and serving the community in the various seats that I held, and I had appointed elected seats, I sat on boards, I did a lot in my community. I still did not feel like I was doing enough. And this leap has really given me the opportunity to rewrite my career. While I'm still on that journey, I do plan to pursue higher education and want to work in human rights issues. I want to continue to pursue work that is of some value. And I'm only 50 years old. I have lots of time to to re, reinvent myself and, and be you know, a whole new person who is really still achieving those goals that I set for myself early on in my career. And I I, I kind of am laughing at myself at the moment because I'm looking at calling myself only 50. My niece, as a quick side note, had a conversation with my mother not too long ago. And my mother tells her, you know, I, I went to the doctor recently and I'm only 86. They don't realize that I'm a Spanish woman. So at 86, I'm only in my middle life. And, and that's kind of how I feel about myself as well. Like I have a lot of time still left to really pursue the career goals and ambitions that I have. So that's what I plan to do. I plan to do human rights work and I'm on that journey to create that career for myself. Wow. Are you listeners taking that in? What a wonderful perspective to have, Catherine. I was smiling when you said I'm only 50 and I still have time to pursue, to reinvent myself and pursue my dreams. It is true because I think sometimes people get hung up on, you know, that time has passed to do those things and it hasn't. You can change your life at any time. And why shouldn't you, if you only get one shot at this? I mean, it's so, such a beautiful experience to push ourselves, see what we're made of, explore new areas in life and of ourselves and you're doing just that so congratulations for taking you by the horns yeah (laughs) um i do want to ask then so when you moved here what did you hope to do when you got here whether that was in work or life and how have things unfolded well you know it's kind of funny it's because as soon as i moved here everyone's asking you got a job you got a house what's going on what are you doing and my big secret to all these questions i kept getting was First and foremost, I wanted to get better. I I knew from my doctors, I knew from my physical state that I had been doing too much and working myself too hard. So my health concerns became my my first priority. I feel like the first few months I was here, I just uh, slept and went to Menus del Dia and and had uh, my siestas. And I really enjoyed just taking in um, 
the attitude of Spain of just, you know, just be, just live, just enjoy. And that's what I was doing. My health was my focus. And I found that after consistently eating and, and walking a lot, I typically walk about 20,000 steps a day exploring this amazing city that my health took a significant turnaround. And in August, I got a complete clean bill of health from my doctor. So what did I want to do when I got here? Get better. What did I do? I made myself a priority and I did get better. So it's unfolding. It's a process. It's a journey. Way to go. Good for you. And I want to talk on uh, about healthcare then, because you did mention you've seen the doctor here. How, can you just let our audience know a little bit about the differences um, of the healthcare here in the U.S.? Absolutely. Well, in deciding to move to Spain, it was personal because I'm Spanish. Also, healthcare is a big part of it. When I was doing my research, you know, working healthcare policy, I started looking at data from various sources. And generally speaking, Spain is consistently in the top 10 in the world for, for not only quality, but availability of healthcare, while the United States often falls in the low 30s. And so, what I was looking at were two things I could have basically free available quality healthcare to me as a citizen in Spain. And it's been amazing. I signed up for my healthcare. I've got my card. I'm easily able to see a doctor. If it's something serious, they see me same day. If it's not so serious, it might be a day or two, but I've never had to wait beyond a week. And the longest I waited has been a week because he was just on vacation. Um, so the healthcare has been incredible. And we also talk about prescriptions. I was paying over $50 a month in copay on my prescriptions in the United States. When I arrived here, before I had my health, health plan in place, I had to pay about 10 euros for my prescriptions. But now that I have healthcare, I pay one euro a month for what was $50 in copays in the United States. So I hate to think of what the out-of-pocket would be on my prescriptions if I were in the U.S. today without medical care. So I have to really stress that the medical care here in Spain is very important. And any woman planning her refresh needs to look at health care, especially as we start to get older. It's just, it's just part of the planning process. Where can you get safe, reliable, available, affordable health care that's available to you? Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, Catherine is on the national health care here. I'm on private health care. I've mentioned the health care a bit here that, you know, I only pay $50 a month for private health care and it's top of the line. It's very accessible, very easy to use. I go and get my blood work done every six months, something that I did not do in the U.S. And I just love it here. And I was on the national health care for a little bit when I worked for Spanish company. And just the experiences have been just so much better than what I experienced in the U.S. So I'm really happy to live here and have access to that. And like you said, as we get older, so important. I love that I can be on top of my health care and it's not a burden. Exactly. Okay. So as we get towards the end here, I do want to talk about 2020. It sounds so futuristic. I can't believe it's almost here. <laughs> Isn't that uh, wild? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Every time I see it or say it. Um, so what are some of your hopes and dreams for the next year or the new decade? 2020 definitely sounds so futuristic, right? It, it's definitely a year of, of growth for me. I, I, now that I've had the chance to, to regain my health and re refresh my body, I guess, I really want to make 2020 a year where I build a solid foundation. I'm ready to get back to work. 
I'm ready to continue my educational pursuits. And while living in Spain, I've just been renting a room, which actually has been very nice for the transition because I have roommates that also feel like family. But it's time to, to, to grow up a little bit more and get my own apartment. And I'm looking forward to doing that and then start on personal projects, including writing. Great. I love how you took the time in the beginning to take care of yourself. Well, now that you're at a point where you feel better, now it's time to start working on the projects that you have. I'm sure you have a, a long list of things you want to start tackling. Absolutely. And so I want to, I've been asking a lot of refreshers this question because I know once we move abroad or once we make that refresh dream come true, it can be, we can be riding on a high, right? We just want to pinch right. ourselves because it feels too good to be true that we're actually living out this dream that we had. But the truth is that moving country is difficult. Hitting refresh isn't a one-time event. It's an ongoing process. And so it's not always easy when you're abroad. You know, there's days that aren't so fun. There may be times when you have doubts about your decision, especially when things are difficult. Um, have you ever considered going back home? Have you ever had any doubts? Can you let us know of any, maybe the not so great days that you've had here? Right. Well, I've never wanted to go back home because I'm home. Um, no doubts about my choice, but challenges do come up all the time. Um, I, there was one day in particular that kind of came out of nowhere where I just had the blues and I spent my day curled up in a bed, in, a, in my bed, in a ball crying um, and not really understanding myself or why that was happening. And this just change is scary. And I also worry all the time and wonder if in my children's eyes that I did, if I did the right thing. Um, it's important that I, I do this for myself, but it's also important for them because I want them to be able to understand that mama is doing something for herself and that this is something that they can and should do for themselves as well. Life is short. And um, another frustration I had was also just, I one time I went to get my social security number and five trips to different offices later, I wasn't able to get it. And in a very backwards way, I finally did. And so, yeah, sometimes things happen that are challenging and sometimes there are bad days, but it's life and nothing worth having comes easily. It's, it's all perspective and it's all how you look at your situation. Mm hmm. I agree. And you know what? It teaches you patience. Like here in Spain, mañana, tomorrow, tomorrow, we can <laughs> fix it, get to it tomorrow. Tomorrow's another day. Um, so I'd love to hear as we wrap up here, how hitting refresh has changed you and what you've learned about yourself in the process. Uh, the way it's changed me is I feel like I'm growing again. I had reached a point in my life where I felt completely stagnant and I, I really feel like I'm back on the path to, to do good things in this world. And that makes me really happy. And I should also add again, I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. And I almost feel guilty when I say this, because I've, again, I've had a really good life and these incredible kids, but this life I've created for myself here has me just the happiest I've ever been. And I'm excited to share it with them and with my friends and loved ones. And I'm just deliriously happy. That's how it's changed me. It's okay to start over. It's okay to be selfish and take care of your needs. We get just this one life to live our best life. We can do it at any time in our life. And at 50, I still have so much life ahead of me. So I feel like I'm one of the young ones who did this. How beautiful. I'm like beaming ear to ear here, if you could see me. <laughs> I Aww. love the joy, the joy that you have. All right, Catherine, for anybody who's interested in contacting you or learning more about your story, where can they find you? Oh, fantastic. And I encourage all of you to stop and say hello. I 
I, I see all of us as friends here. We're all sisters here with She Hit Refresh. Uh, my Facebook is Catherine Maestas My LinkedIn would be the same. And I have an Instagram that's cat underscore in underscore Madrid. Feel free to connect with me. These are current ways to reach me as well as will be future links to the work I'll be doing in the new year. Thank you so much. And I'll include those in the show notes for anybody uh, who wants the clickable links there. Uh, well, Catherine, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. I know that your story here is going to inspire other women. So thank you so much for sharing and thanks for your time. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share the podcast. And we'd love it if you gave us a review. And you can do that on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you're a woman age 30 and over interested in breaking free from a life of routine and starting a life of travel, please join us in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash she hit refresh. Oh, 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 oh,